your age. And I'm really thrilled that this morning we're going to be hearing from Matt Cornish. Many of you will know uh, Matt and Bex. They're a real dear part of our church family. And Matt is on staff here uh, full-time, uh, heading up our operations. Uh, so communications, building, uh, looking after staff, uh, all those kinds of things. He serves in a really crucial role in the life of this church and actually oversaw this building project. So it was a massive task for him, but he's done such a good job, as I'm sure you'll agree. And uh, so as elders, we're really thrilled that Matt is going to be sharing this morning um, uh, from God's Word. And I want us to give a big welcome and an encouragement to Matt as he comes to bring it. Go for it, Matt. As Tom said, yeah, my name's Matt, um, and uh, for those of you that, that don't know me, hopefully that was a little bit of a background. For those of you that do know me, I'm as surprised to be up here as, as you are. Um, <laughs> as, as Tom said, Kirsten uh, led us so well last week, and um, so I'll just be looking to continue and build on uh, what she was sharing. And uh, we were looking at Romans uh, 12, so I'm going to go back over verse 1 and 2 again, uh, that Kirsten shared with us, and then continue. So to start off with Romans 12, 1 and 2. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behaviours and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. So last week, uh, Kirsten, she unpacked this series, as I said, and it's coming from a place, not from a place of fear or guilt, but, but in view of the mercies of God. We're not coming from a place where it's about the... the we're made to feel wrong, like, oh, I shouldn't be doing that. Or, or maybe just this week, as you've been doing the detox, you may be just come like, oh, no, that's wrong. I shouldn't be, I should be off my phone. It's not about that. It's about what we heard this morning from John as he gave a commentary about the, the, what, through the worship that we've sung. It's, it's the mercy and the grace. Yeah. And what that does to our heart is that we're not getting what we deserve, death. We're getting life in Jesus. It's a heart thing. And Kirsten, she really provoked us with a question, and, and it's, it comes from Paul in, in Romans here, that what are we doing with our time? Paul leads us to reflect on the question, is what we are doing holy and pleasing to God? And that's a big question. It's not, is it sinful? Is it permissible? Is it holy and pleasing uncomfortably high bar. <laughs> Let's pray. Lord, as we tackle this subject about screen use today, help us to view it in, in the light of your mercy. Help us to honestly and soberly reflect and examine our hearts and behaviours so that we can be a living sacrifice for you, holy and pleasing for your glory. Amen. Amen. 
So how are we using our screens? Well, you may have seen from the video that was before I came up that there are positive and negative way of using our screens. And we use it every day for so many things. You might use it for a Bible verse, for sending a prayer request. You might give some encouragement to someone, listen to a podcast. Uh, you, you may even be watching this message online right now. You might use it for gaming, consoles or on your phone. You might use it for gambling, lust, YouTube, social media, news, emails, photography, entertainment, studies, research, just browsing curiosities. Last week, we focused primarily on the smartphone. Why? Well, because everything that I just mentioned, you can do on that little handheld device that we carry around in our pockets every day. As a church, we've been going through a seven-day detox. And um, I don't know how you found it. <laughs> it's, um, yesterday, we finished with a 24-hour fast from our phones or screens or however you wanted to do it. And um, I've spoken to a number of people, and it appears to have been quite insightful, quite helpful. I know it has done for me. Last Sunday evening, it started, we went and sat down on the sofa, um, my wife and I, we were doing, just on that Sunday, we were doing screens and phones, so we didn't use TV. And I, just, I genuinely didn't know what to do with myself. I didn't know what to do with my hands. So I was thinking, okay, I'm just so used to just, when I sit down on the sofa, it goes to a phone or a remote or whatever. And um, Bex and I, we started to talk more. <laughs> which I was worried she might find out how annoying I am, but we started to talk more. <laughs> She, she was folding up the laundry, and I, w I went and helped her. Um, some would argue I should have done that anyway. But um, it, we, I then went into the garden and uh, sort of looked at the roses that we had, and they were beautiful. And I went to take a photo, and I couldn't do that. I didn't have my phone on me. <laughs> then there was a one next door to it, and it, it wasn't budding at all. And was, I'm not a gar I had love gardening, but I'm not an expert. And I thought, I'd better look that up. I couldn't. couldn't look up why it wasn't working. And it really, like, did... It, we went upstairs and prayed. <laughs> And then I even found myself thinking, shall I read a book? Which, it just absolutely blew my mind. And a friend of mine said that they had similar, very similar experiences. And their husband even started to share their feelings. <laughs> it's been really good for us personally. And, um, and, and now we need the wisdom to know how to adopt this into our lives every day. Um, in, for example, it, we've seen how the phone can be a real gift. Um, but we also need wisdom on how to actually move forward with this now. Because if we were constantly finding, as a church, that uh, we were switching our phones off at 8 o'clock, um, that's, that's, that's not a gift for the lonely, the broken, those that are struggling, to suddenly know their support network has just gone at 8 o'clock every night for 12 hours. And so we need real wisdom now on how to make sure that we can put things in place that really safeguard our heart but also enable us to love God and to love our neighbours well. On Wednesday, the challenge was looking at our phone use whilst we're driving or, or when we're in the car. For some of us, that might have been a bit of a challenge. For some of us, not. But regardless, texting while driving is not only illegal, but incredibly dangerous. And in fact, if we text while drive, we're 23 times more likely to have an accident. But the thing is, the laws have had very little impact in stopping people doing it. 
In fact, actually, research has shown that since the laws, as, as the laws have tightened up, the more serious crashes and accidents have got worse. Why? Well, because as the laws got tighter, the phone got lower. And our eyes are getting further away from where we need to be paying attention and further down. And so the law is actually, it seems, making some things worse. So does that mean we shouldn't have the law? Well, no. Texting while driving is still very dangerous. And I'm sure anyone in here, as if you were affected by uh, an accident with it, you would want to know the law was there to stand with you in that. But it's a heart thing. We need to look at our behaviours in the same way. Putting boundaries in place to make sure that it's an important step. But then if there isn't a genuine heart response to go along with it, then these behaviours will just reappear or get more and more hidden into the footwell of our lives and then become more dangerous or more, have more serious consequences. Let's go back to Romans 12, verse 2. Uh, don't copy the behaviours and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know what God's will is for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. There was a photo that went viral back in 2015. And before uh, I show it to you, um, uh, just a bit of context. There was a premiere in Boston. Uh, Johnny Depp was there with his then-wife, Amber Heard. We're not going to go there. But they, the photographers were out in their masses. And they were snapping away. And then one photographer decided to turn his camera around and take a photo of this. So it will come up on the screen now. now there was a lady there, if you haven't seen it, that she's just enjoying the moment. The, the social media loved her. <laughs> they said things like, I love her. She's the real smart one. <laughs> They're saying things like, no cell phone, no camera, no piece of paper, no Sharpie, just soaking in the experience. We're much more likely to miss out on what God has for us if we're glued to a screen. I wonder what we're missing out on. It's interesting, what drives most of social media is the fear of missing out, FOMO. Uh, but compare this to the most legitimate FOMO that there is, the fear of eternally missing out. And in Christ, without Christ, there is destruction. But in Christ, he has removed that sting of eternal, eternal FOMO, eternally missing out. And FOMO is not something new either. We go back to Eve in the Garden of Eden. She ate the apple. Why? Because she wanted the knowledge of good and evil. She wanted to become like God. She feared like she was missing out. Our phones, they draw us to unhelpful habits, not because we want unlimited information, but more because of, we want to stay relevant, entertained. We want to be humoured. 
We want to be liked. It's not a lure of information. It's a lure of affirmation. And we need to be asking ourselves, are we seeking affirmation? Are we seeking that from God? Are we seeking his approval? Or are we looking at the people around us on social media? Or if we're using our screens for sin? These idols are God-forgetting. And they, they cause us to cut off remembering the past mercies of God in our lives and forget his future grace. And it just skews how we see ourselves in the story of the creator. Let God transform you into a new person by the changing the way you think. Then, then you will know what God's will is for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. It continues, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, and I give each of you this warning. Don't think that you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith that God has given us. Imagine that someone is suffering prolonged pain or depression. They're sitting at home in their pyjamas. Crawl into bed. You grab your phone. Start scrolling through Instagram. And this is what you find. Everybody's marriage is awesome. Their kids, amazing. They're counting their money. They're, just, uh, they're sharing about how everything is going so well and they've no sorrow or pain. And here you are sitting in your trial. You've just finished a whole tub of Ben and Jerry's and watched a series on Netflix. Really? Me, Lord? Why? Why me? Why not them? Why am I enduring this trial? In our trials, our insidious, wicked hearts, they... They cause us to resent that person. And it comes out through comparison. Don't you just love social media? It's the home of the humble brag. The humble brag is basically when you draw attention to yourself, but you try and cover it up with something else. Here's a few. This one. Let's get the first one up there. So I hate it when this happens. Can anyone relate? Lol. That's the third one today, shaking my head. If you can't see, there's a, a nice diamond that's poking through there. Next one. Maybe it's just me, because I don't see it for real, but what is it that, goes, that makes guys think I'm irresistible? I'm confused. <laughs> sure you are. The next one's just a simple uh, question. Someone says, what's all the sirens about, please? Someone answers, I don't know. I'm in Bali. <laughs> Next one. When random women feel the need to compliment my eyes daily, I just say, how original. Never heard that before. Roll my eyes and walk away. And Tim Virgo, if you're watching, I took your name off that one, so it should be fine. <laughs> I know it's um, Father's Day today, but mothers that might be here, how many times does this really kick into that very real mum guilt when you're scrolling on social media? You might see a post that says something like, I just took a lease to Chuck E. Cheese's, only for her to say, why? I want to go to the library. I guess that's what happened when your three-year-old already knows how to read. We, we read these, don't they? And they just really, they can really dull our hearts. Even on, on social media, you may have seen on WhatsApp, a post. I've seen it in church community, obviously not this one. But um, 
where, where people might be celebrating marriage. So you might say, look, I love my husband or wife, one or the other, but I love my husband or wife and marriage is amazing. Hashtag wife goals. But the reality is that these posts are so often, not always, but these posts are so often on the back of pain, brokenness, struggles, or covering up something else. But regardless, to the onlooker, it might cause them to think, why isn't my wife like that? Why is my husband not celebrating me, that, me in that way? Why are my kids not behaving like that? Why can't my kids do that? Am I failing? Do I deserve more? And then there's also flaunting our relevance over other people's irrelevance. You may have, you may, we may have, we've all done this. How, how have you not seen Marvel? Whatever, I haven't, never seen it, but how have you not seen that? Or how do you not know what button means? Youth. <laughs> or maybe you're cringing right now because I just used the word button. <laughs> Don't think that you're better than you really are. Don't pretend to be better than you really are. What story does your Facebook or Instagram or whatever, what, is, what story does it tell about you? Is it true? Is it an honest reflection? Let's move on. In his grace, God, this is our verse six, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. If so, uh, so if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If your gift if, is it giving, give generously. If it is leadership, then take that responsibility seriously. And if you have the gift of showing kindness, kindness, do do it gladly. This is where our phone screens technology, this is where we can utilise them for the glory of God. You may have used your phone at some point to record or send a prophetic word to someone. We used to use paper and a pen. That's great. Serving others. Just this week on Facebook, there was someone put a post about someone that was in need of a fridge freezer. And the people that came into you, oh, I want to be part of that. They got a fridge freezer. And then it was like, how can we bless this person more? It was beautiful. Teaching. Online, there is a breadth of teachings, studies, sermons, messages, whatever, that you can access in just a click some of the most gifted uh, speakers in the world. There's also this message. There's also a lot of dross. <laughs> we need to be discerning when we're, when we're going online and, and listening to messages or content. And maybe weigh it up with your leaders or local pastors. This stuff is great. It's such a, a great resource. But it does not replace being knitted into a local church under the local shepherds that God has assigned to you. Encouragement. This should be easy. There's the power in receiving a, a, a word of encouragement out of the blue. Is, it's, it's strong. It's, it's big. And yet, for some reason, many of us find that we hold back on encouraging. We don't seem to find that we do that with banter and weighing up the cost, but we, we do it with encouragement. We might think, well, 
maybe it'll be awkward or that will go to their head or they already know or someone else will say it. But the thing is, is we should not hold back. It might be awkward, <laughs> that's okay. It might go to their head. God will deal with that. And yes, they might already know, or someone else might, but might tell them, but if we don't, or if nobody does, then they, it might cause them to step back, to start doubting themselves. Giving, just at a click of a button, you can have a real impact into someone's life. It's the gift of technology. Leading, how are we leading with the screen? Not just what we're texting or, or posting or whatever, but also what, what are our kids seeing? Are they seeing this? How are we leading? It says in Romans that, that we should be taking this seriously. And finally, kindness. Well, it's gone on, going on to verse 9. It says, do not just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honouring each other. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. You may see a post on social media that might say something like, today marks the first day of 20 years that I am cancer-free. Or, the doctor said Lola would never walk and she's just completed her first marathon and raised £2,000 for Spinal Research UK. There may be then a flood of emoji hearts, likes, loves, raised hands, maybe some comments. Amazing, praise God. I'm so inspired. You scroll down. Why do I always get it wrong? Or, oh, it's been four years since Steve died and I miss him so much. Once upon a time, I was falling in love. Now I'm only falling apart. That's actually a song. But, uh, <laughs> many, many responses will follow those. Sad face emojis, hearts, the face with the single tear. You may offer a short reply. I'm so sorry. I'm standing with you in prayer. You are loved. But have you really wept? Have you really loved? Is your love genuine? I wonder how many of us actually laugh out loud when we type lol. <laughs> a sad face emoji is not a genuine substitute for going and grabbing someone and having a coffee and a hug and a chat. Saying I'm standing with you is not standing with someone unless it's followed up with support, prayer, love. It's a long journey. As a society, we've become broadly connected, but emotionally shallow. Matthew 23, uh, 22, sorry, Jesus was asked the greatest commandments, and he, he said, love God with all your heart and love your neighbours as yourselves. Of course, our screens can be, they can be an incredible tool to assist us with this and to point us to, to God and to, to love others. But we do need to ask ourselves the questions. Is that the reality right now? Tony Reinke, who's written a book um, called 12 Ways Our Smartphone is Changing As, he writes this. Life online is a whiplash of deep sorrows, unexpected joys, cheap laughs, profound thoughts and dumb memes. Our social media feeds give us what is sometimes riotous, 
sometimes joyous, sometimes amazing, sometimes dizzying, sometimes depressing. God has created us to carry multiple emotions simultaneously, such as joy and sorrow. But in the digital age, these seasons come at us so fast, so quickly, they just hit us and leave so fast that we rarely feel the weight of these emotions. We grow emotionally distant. We become content with a lull with our thumbs or to cry emoticon tears rather than to express our sorrow because we cannot take the time or we will not take the time to genuinely invest ourselves in real tears of sorrow. We use our phones to multitask our emotions. Verse 11. In Romans, back to Romans, so never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Pulling our smartphone out of our pocket, it's the new yawn. And I wonder how many have yawned this morning. And we could ask ourselves this question, it was even asked last week, are we entitled to just spend hours on our phone just browsing curiosities? The answer is no. I'm not. I'm not my own. I belong to the Lord. I've been, bought at a, I've been bought at a price. So it means that I, don't, I should be looking to glorify God with my thumbs, my ears, my eyes, my life, my time. I don't have time to burn. I have time to redeem. I could go to my phone right now and I could just go on there and go to the news app have a look at a few things and then scroll down and see, oh, Beyonce, she went to Sweden last week and uh, just by being there caused inflation to go up. That's true. <laughs> and uh, then I could go, oh, she's been around for a while. I wonder how long it was since she started, 26 years. Destiny's Child started. And then I, I see one of their first songs was Survivor and it makes me remember, oh, I remember I went to Spain when I was 17 and uh, I was in, in this shack, the paella was bussing. And... <laughs> I was just, they played that song constantly. I wonder if that shack is still there. I look it up. And he goes on. Or I might just go on Instagram and just go scroll through the endless feeds of just videos and content. I'm just pulling this lever of a random slot machine of viral content. And I don't even have control of the journey that I'm on at that point. Led by our unchecked digital appetites. We fail to transgress both the commands that Jesus says will lead us and promise to bring focus to our lives. We fail to love God and to enjoy God, and we fail to love our neighbour. It might not be explicitly sinful, but it cannot give us pure, true joy. It dulls our affections instead of, and moving on to verse 12, rejoicing in our confident hope. Verse 12 says, rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. Let's keep moving forward. Verse 13, when God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Face-to-face hospitality. Uh, when was the last time that you had someone around for dinner? I remember when lockdown kicked in, it was the first thing everyone was craving. It's one of that face-to-face. We were eager then. Are we eager now? The screen does not replace 
hospitality. There will be many watching online right now that will be shouting that down their screens, that they're desperate to come here. They might be at home because of illness, because of their situation. This does not replace. You might be watching online right now and thinking, this is enough. I can just watch from, from a lounge. It's not. We're designed to be in community. The church is not something you consume. It's something you're part of. Verse 14. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray for them that God will bless them. Thankfully, the internet is a community of loving, gracious, well-meaning people. Occasionally, you will come across the keyboard warrior. There's a picture there. Here you go. Whoa, these guys, they know how to tap. You know, when we bought this building, there were so many comments. I think uh, I remember one of my favourite was it was asking, where's the graveyard going to be? The answer's on the roof. It's closer to God. But there were also a lot of really horrible ones and just lies. Don't, don't get sucked into online debates. God doesn't need you to stand up for him online. But in verse 14, as we just read, we're called to bless them, to pray for them. We're called to be different. Verse 15, be happy with those who are happy, weep with those who are weep, live in harmony with each other, don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Our culture is always looking to be angry, to be frustrated, to be outraged about something. When I used to work in radio, I used to work for a company, and one of my jobs was the sports production show, and we did football commentary. And there were times when the match was dull, <laughs> and we had a radio, radio phone in afterwards, and nobody called. And so what I would do is I'd go into the studio next door, and I'd ring up, hello, <laughs> And uh, I'd, uh, I'd say the most controversial thing. <laughs> they called. <laughs> People got on the phone after that, on the back of it, and suddenly we were flooded with calls. We thrive on pessimism. But as Christians, should we not be annoyingly optimistic? Yeah, we weep with those who weep. We mourn with those who mourn. But in light of what God's done, should we not be optimistic? I mean, we're, we're, God's never panicked. <laughs> He's in sovereign control. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Have you ever said, I hate small talk? I know I have. And what do I mean by that? Well, I guess I've, I've struggled with a conversation that it feels like it's just talk for talk's sake or that, it, that there's not real interest or, or depth. But... Actually, there is another side to small talk. Yes, it can be, um, I don't want to care or don't care about you and I want to keep it light and leave. It can be that. But it also can be, I care about you. And it might start by talking about football or the weather, but it's heading somewhere. It's heading somewhere deep, somewhere honest. God will judge our small talk, our digital conversations, our texts, our tweets, our reactions. He'll judge them by the intentions of our heart. Verse 17. Never pay back evil with evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honourable. 
do all things that you can leave, uh, sorry, do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. And then jump into verse 21. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. We must never stop returning to our identity in Christ. In him, the powers of sin have been broken. In him, we no longer have to obey our eyes or our lust or seek approval from man. We don't have to find our irrelevance in viral memes or anything like that or be addicted to what's trending. In Christ, we have a past, a present, and a future. I wanted to talk a little bit this morning about artificial intelligence. I keep hearing more and more um, of it being talked about. You may have seen it a lot in the news. There's a lot of uncertainty, a lot of fear, a lot of people are enjoying the novelty. Um, I'm not going to cover it this morning. Um, more out of um, just more phone yawns coming out. But uh, I am going to be doing a, a short video online this week, so do look out for that. If it's something that you genuinely are looking at and thinking, I'm quite fearful about this and what it means for our, our world, or you're just interested, then do check that out. That will be online this week. So to finish up, and uh, if the band would like to come back up, I want to ask a few questions. Do my smartphone, gaming, social media, habits, behaviours, do they lead me towards God? Or do they lead me away from him? Should I delete social media? Should I trade in a smartphone? Should all Christians trade in a smartphone for a dumb phone? Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe permanently for some. Maybe for a season for others. But maybe. We need to take this seriously. We need to look are our lives on the altar for Jesus. The answer is going to be different for each one of us. And we need to be intentional and look at our hearts, look at our behaviours, our habits, our lives, and just look, are we being conformed by the patterns of these world, by this, of this world, or are we putting ourselves in a place where God can use us, where we can hear what God's purposes are for our lives? Are we putting ourselves in a place where God can transform us? We're not under the law, but we have been bought at a price. So let's look at putting boundaries in place to safeguard our hearts. It could be that today you did go home and you delete a game or you delete an app. Or it might be that you decide to continue some of the things we've been doing this week. You might think, I'm not going to have a phone uh, in the last um, two hours of the evening. Or it might be that you say, I'm not going to have it at night at all and I'm not going to have it in my bedroom. I'll get an alarm clock. There's always reasons for why we could need our phone, but we've got to look at our hearts. Are they reasons or are they just excuses? 
We need to take this seriously. And then whatever it is that we put in place for us, we need to make sure that hole that is now there, we need to fill that with Jesus. We need to look at how that time's being now used. Because if it isn't, it will just be replaced with something else. Or habits will slip back in. I didn't know what to do with my hands. We'll find things. We need to make sure we're intentionally thinking, what are we doing with our time? If you felt convicted this morning by anything, something we touched on today or last week, a behaviour, a habit, whatever it is, can I urge you, tell someone. Tell someone. We don't want to be people that hear God's prompting and then just go away and do nothing. So tell someone. In the last song, you may pick up, might take your phone out and text someone to say, I need to talk to you about something. You might just squeeze the hand of the, your partner with you today and they'll know. They'll know what that means. We need to have a chat later. It might be that you'll go and just, ah, you invite. This is a big one. You might invite your family and friends or spouse to give feedback <laughs> on your phone habits. Be careful with that one, where people are grace. But it's important, because we want to take this seriously, and they will see things in a different way that we do. And also, if we're coming from a view of God's mercy, then hopefully we won't be defensive like we would be if it's coming from a place of guilt or fear. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the gift of mercy and grace that is through you, your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, thank you that whenever we slip up, whenever we fall into the patterns of this world, that there is forgiveness. That you don't just call us to come back into the, your house, that you, cause us to, you call us to run to run, run away from these things, but, but run to you. Run to the throne room of grace. Thank you that we can be a church in this incredible time of technology where we can use these technologies for your glory. But Lord, we help, we pray, help us. Help us not to be distracted. And pay attention to what you are calling us to do. And as I prayed earlier, that we can honestly, soberly examine our hearts, our behaviours, so that we can be a living sacrifice for the glory of your kingdom. Amen.